This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Broadcasting live from the beautiful palatial podcast Detroit studios in Ferndale. And holy shit, we got quite a show for you tonight. I, I don't even know where to begin with this uh, program. There's just so much going on in the world of Detroit sports rag. From Spiros, Jim Leland, uh, potential return rumor that uh, we broke over the weekend to Henrik Zetterberg yesterday during exit interviews after the Red Wings season ending, uh, wanting to meet me. He's not here. We invited him to appear on the DSR podcast tonight. I have not heard back from him. Hank. A couple people have given him his phone number, I'm told. Uh, my phone number to Zetterberg. Haven't heard from him yet. We're still waiting for that. I, We've got a guest tonight at 5.30, the brother of Detroit Red Wing rookie, Andreas Athanasiu. His brother, Dimitri, is going to be joining us at 5.30. We are going to be giving away at some point through CaliTickets.com two Tigers to tomorrow night's game. or I don't know if it's a night game or afternoon We're game. giving away two Tigers? Two tiger. Well, yeah, we're giving away two tigers. Tyler, we're going to be giving away Tyler Collins <laughs> and a player to be named later tonight on tonight's show. No, we're giving away two tiger den tickets, like the good the good seats. People, we're gonna we're you're just gonna have to call in. Uh, the nineteenth caller at some point is going to get two tiger den tickets. I'm not sure if there's nineteen people listening live, but we're gonna test that out this evening. We've got uh, a great Scott Anderson bit. I mean, this this show is so loaded. I, I don't know where to begin, Justin. Is this a bad time to tell you I have to leave early tonight? Don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fuck with a little, me. Little the guy better. already sent a picture at about 540, excuse me, 440, when we're supposed to be just doing show prep. His weekly, I, I can't get there in time. <laughs> this is a uh, flat tire, which... It wasn't even a stock image of a flat tire <laughs> that I thought maybe he got from Google Images. 
It was a picture of a Range Rover flat tire. I, I zoomed in to see the <laughs> name Range Rover on the rim. It actually was my car, too. It was from a month ago, though. Yeah, asshole. <laughs> uh, so, yeah we, yeah, we got a great show. I'm excited. I You know, you said you don't even know where to begin. I think it only makes sense to start with the biggest story, which I think is where we are at with this Jim Whelan rumor. No, I think the biggest story is we need to find Jessica a date for your... <laughs> you're right. We need to You're find right. Jessica a date oh, no. for your, what is it? I'm bringing my it, friend Virginia with me. A musical cabaret no evening, dating. Friday, May 13th at Assumption Church in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. It is an incredible production I am putting on with Box 5 Productions, my production company. In addition to being a, a skilled attorney in training, I guess, technically, and uh, a wonderful columnist for the Detroit Sports Track. I'm also a producer of concerts, musicals, other types of theater. And uh, May 13th, uh, our little producer here needs a date is the rumor. No. Yeah, so who, so you're going to yeah. have what songs from what? Les Mis? Les Phantom? Mis, Phantom of the Opera, a couple of different famous operas, La Boheme, um, you know, a few other cinematic hits. It's going to be a real special Where show. Where can you go to find out to get about getting tickets on that on your... Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I think I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet it out. So right. at Darko or State I'll post News, it on the uh, DSR. And you can post it on the DSR. I've been as well. to a few of these. Uh, if you like this kind of music, it's uh, it's unbelievable, and you should go. Also, if you want to enter next week's contest for a date with Jessica, Ugh. just uh, go on and give me your your information on at Jeff Moss DSR on Twitter. Just don't do that. Okay. We will do. We will him. do a dial a date. You can come into the studio next Not week. Happen. We can do the dating no, game. No, we're not. And <laughs> it would be inappropriate to describe why you should want to do this, but <laughs> but uh, so yeah, that's a hard pass. I, I appreciate that. What Jay Saw has agreed to come to the show, but let, let's let's um, let's get to All right, Leland let's get here. To Leland now. Th- this is something you know I had postulated months ago, but it wasn't based on any type of inside information or any knowledge that Jim Leland was interested or that the Tigers were interested in him. I think it was actually on this show that I first brought this up just as an idea that was in, on my mind. Just it seemed to make sense from what we do know and did know at the time as well about what Mike Illich wants. And what Mike Illich wants is a manager with clout to come in and replace Brad Ausmus. And when we had that discussion initially and I brought up Leland's name, it was when I was reporting on Ron Gardenhire's very uh, disappointed, to say the least, reaction to the Tigers pulling out of their – um, four-year agreement that they had pretty much done. And Jim Leland was really only the logical choice. Now, at the time, I didn't have any inside information, but in the last week, new shit has come to light, so to speak, where Mike Gillich, who we already know, and we reported on the DSR uh, last summer, reached out to Jim Leland to try to talk him out of retiring over a year ago, is now interested in re-kicking those tires. And I, I have, I'm trying to get confirmation if that conversation has already taken place, I believe that it has. I'm not positive that Mike Yelich has already reached out to Jim Leland. His intent was to do so this past Saturday night. And that's um, something I believe happened, but I, I'm trying to get 100% confirmed. But what, what I do know for a fact is that Mike Yelich wants Jim Leland, and if Jim Leland agrees to come back, this will be done instantaneously. I mean, this could be done tomorrow. Uh, if he doesn't come back, It'll buy Brad Ausmus a couple more weeks, but if this sputter continues, then they're going to try to do something else, which I don't know what that is. Because Mike Illich apparently is intent that they are not just going to promote Vizcal. They're not going to do that. Right. So well, let me, let's, let's break this down to it. There's, there's so much 
going on here, and there's so many interesting aspects to this. Um, I, I want to get into this piece by piece. One, to all you morons on Twitter, we are not reporting that Jim Leland is going to be the manager Never of the Detroit that. Tigers. Okay, What we are reporting is the owner of the team desires Jim Leland's return. That's all we're reporting. Well, For, and I, I am reporting that he is reaching out to him. Right, and, right. And, is, and we'll be actively trying to convince him. Not that exactly. he's sitting in a rocking chair longing for Jim Whelan. He's, right. he's going to go after him hard. Exactly. And That's what we're reporting. And our source said... And I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't think Leland no. is going to want... Now, we can... This is now... Now we're getting to the point from reporting to our speculation. To me, I don't think Leland's going to do it. I don't think he's going to want to look like he's coming in after retiring and having Brad Osmus have two years and a month or whatever it is, and looking like he's coming in replacing uh, Osmus or that he's been there, because he's been in the organization technically as whatever, roving... Special advisor. Yeah, advisor or whatever. I I don't think he'll want to look like he's, you know, traipsing over Brad Osmus's grave. I don't think he's... I don't think it's going to eventually happen. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. That's just completely... Like I said, that's, that's just my speculation. Okay, that's the first point. The second thing that I find interesting is that, you know, in the last few years, Mike Illich and Jim Leland did not always have the best of relationships. If you recall, Leland was pissed off at Illich that one year where he didn't, he, you know, the, he was kind of like, it was iffy if he was going to come back, if Illich was going to bring him back, and there were some words that were you know, kind of coded words from Leland that made it made one believe that he wasn't exactly thrilled with Jim Leland. So I do kind of find it absolutely hilarious that now Illich is in the position where he's seen uh, Osmus for a couple of years now, and it, he doesn't have the same complaints really that we do with Osmus. Our 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 complaints with Osmus have been, you know, bunting. With Miguel Cabrera on deck, uh, his usage of the bullpen, which there's not a lot of great decisions that can be made, but like the other day, letting Verhagen get bombed when he obviously didn't have it, uh, not having people in the you know, bringing his closer and have nobody warming up when his closer, whoever it's been, whether it's been uh, Nathan or whoever or Valverde, just letting him out there and just lose a game with no with no alternative. These are not the complaints that Illich has, right? Well, yeah, there hasn't been a single element of strategic complaints. I, there's nothing about, I don't like how the, the bullpen is used. It is entirely 100, 100% based on what Mike Illich perceives as a lack of respect from the players. And, and the only thing that's really on the field is the lack of discipline. Which, But it's not like a strategic decision, the base running being a major point. Just the, I, I don't know anything. I haven't talked about uh, the Tyler Collins things with my source, but I know the Nathan behavior rubbed Illich the wrong way um, you know, in the past. It, there's just a perception, and it, Mike Illich isn't the only one, by the way. There's multiple people in this front office that feel this way, including the source who told me this. He thinks this too, that the players just don't respect Brad Ausmus. They like him. He's been adamant this entire time that the players like him. It's not like a mutiny. They hate the guy, which, you know, that happens in sports a lot. It's not like that. They like him as a guy, but there's just not the respect there. That's the perception. And the only uh, 
fix for this in Mike Gilich's eyes is basically either Jim Leland or Ron Garden hire in terms of guys that are theoretically available. Yeah, you hear on ninety-seven-one who basically, of course, stole our talking point. You know, they're talking on the air yesterday about. Uh, yeah, Garden Hire signed a deal with you know consulting for the Twins, so he's out. Uh, he has yeah, an right. he has an out to be a manager. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, uh, you know, let's, let's let's be smart. Now the only I I, I don't buy. See, our story uh, now we're going back into the speculation area. My source says he thinks Garden Hire is so pissed that he wouldn't come. I think you know if you still have a job as a manager paying multi millions of dollars, you're going to take that over whatever the hell he's doing with Minnesota. We already know he wants back in the game. So I, I think th- those things can be forgiven. Yeah, but um, but this is the point. This is the bizarre thing about it. And what I mentioned on Schuling's show yesterday, there obviously is a huge chasm between the type of manager that Mike Illich wants and the ideal skipper for the new management style of the Tigers, led by Al Avila, who is gone on record numerous times stating that he wants his team to be more advanced metric friendly, to have more of a sabermetric approach to the point where his first promotion, Sam Menzen, he goes and gets Jay Sartori. He's in an interview in the offseason when he asked about what's the difference in the front office regarding analytics. He says, well, now we have an analytics department which is basically throwing Dave Dombrowski under the bus. So you have all of that going on. You would have to think he would want a new age manager, someone like Gabe Kapler, Joey Cora, Maniac, someone in that vein. And then you've got the owner who just gave this general manager a five-year contract desiring Jim Leland, Ron Garden hire. I mean, who who would be next? Earl Weaver? Uh, I mean – Exhume his body. I, I I don't I don't know how this is going to come to pass. If Leland says no, and the Tigers continue to struggle, or even just this, the whole year plays out with Osmus, but because he doesn't have a contract next year, they they don't make the playoffs or losing the first round or the wild card, whatever. They decide they have a new, new a, they want to go in a new direction. If Michael is still alive, how do the two of them? come to some sort of agreement when their worldviews seem so far apart. They're completely different. I, and I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, you know, ultimately you want to say the buck stops with the owner, and, and that's true. I mean, it'll be Mike Illich's call. But, I, you know, I've heard the argument that really the sabermetric movement has more to do with the roster assembly than it does with the actual usage in games. Not that usage in games is unimportant. You know, maybe Avila is willing to – you know, accept Jim Leland uh, or Ron Gardenhire if he absolutely has to, as long as he can still construct the roster as he wants. It, honestly, except for one thing, the whole reason Osmus is still here is because supposedly Avila, based on t- you know according to your source, talked to Gardenhire, right? And there w- and, and they and, and the decision by Avila was made that he couldn't work with Gardenhire, right? Um, and, and that's I'm, the issue, right? Exactly. Right. I, I, that's what that's I'm saying. Why, I mean, it's, right? I don't, it's, I don't, it's I don't, crazy. I don't see. I don't really see where this goes, and. The bottom line is now the Tigers could could win ten of their next twelve games and then this'll this'll peter out. And then if they struggle again in July and they're six games out, it could it'll flare right back up. It's very it's teetering was the exact word used. Uh that Mike Gilch was teetering on Auspice where I mean the shoe could drop any second. Uh, you know, and then if they win five or six games, it can kind of teeter back a little bit the other way. But it's very I mean, it's day to day at this point. And and that's a tough situation for Brad Austin to be in. But let's say 
even if you brought Jim Leland back. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but he's not coming back for two, three years. So then, who do you replace him with after? Right. There's I mean, gonna it, always going to be this discussion. This is going to be this is going to come up sooner rather than later. Leland would be a band aid anyway, even if that does happen. So. Yeah, Leland, I think would only probably take the job if he does take it. Base said, okay, I'm still managing Team USA. You know, next year I'll do this for the balance of the year, and then yep. you're going to have to find someone new. Um, I, I I don't know. Do you it, know? Do you notice how Brad Ausmus is acting in in interviews? More tense. Oh yeah, that's what. More, more terse. Right. That's what I want to say. More upset. I, he knows what's going on. But here's the deal. He knows the conversation. If he, if he going knows on. what's going on. Yesterday, he had a prime example to show the owner of the team that he's not. Afraid of making tough decisions when it comes to leadership. If, 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 I mean, if the complaint from Illich is he doesn't think the players have respect for Osmus, he has a player last night in center field. Give the finger to Comerica Park fans and tells them to fuck off or whatever he said um, that whatever the rip, uh, lip readers could see. How at this point, if you are already under the gun for not having leader leadership qualities, if that's what the complaint is from Illich, how do you not pull him out of the game? How do you not like say when he comes off there, you're done for the rest of the night? Instead, after the game, he says, "Well, I would have looked harebrained if I would have pulled him for that reason, and then we would have needed we'd have been running out of run out of a you know we needed a pinch hitter." Or, Whatever, well, and then he says, I mean, "You know, it can't it can't happen." But he was a young kid that made a mistake. Uh, honestly, the answer to your question is he he doesn't feel comfortable enough to do that. He and you know you want to talk about uh, lack of credibility in that clubhouse. The ultimate way to exacerbate that problem is to have a lame duck manager. They already didn't really respect this guy to begin with. Now they know he's uh, any day could be fired. The players aren't stupid. And this was an easy thing. Tyler Collins is batting a buck oh five, right? Something around there. Yeah, yeah. And the minute Maben gets healthy or Maben doesn't get healthy and they got to go make a trade somewhere for a center fielder because having Tyler Collins play center field at Comar- Comerica Park is insanity in the first place. Okay, that shouldn't even be happening. So it was like the Drew Sharp deal with 105 1. You could have made. I mean, if this was Kinsler or Cabrera, you had a chance to make an example Verlander. without any hit. right, without yeah. any hit. It was like a, it was a, it was a free, it was a way up to to buy yourself some cheap. Tyler Collins, right? Tyler yep. Tyler Collins basically did Osmus a favor, put it on a tee for him. Where Osmus, or excuse me, Illich could have said, "Oh yeah, this is what I'm talking about. You can't give the finger to the paying customers, tell them to fuck off, and then in a post game interview say, you know." Look, I don't. I'm not, I have to tolerate it on the road. I don't want to tolerate. I mean, for all the media, basically, we, I don't really want to go down the Tyler Collins rabbit hole really that much. But that apology, the Detroit media, sports media is trying to make it out like, oh, he was so uh, apologetic and what a great apology. Yeah, he, was a, he was victim blaming. Exactly. So this was a he. It was on the tee. It was 105-1 saying Drew Sharp committed plagiarism. 
We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get rid of him. He's only been here for a couple months anyway. He's not doing well in the ratings. This was this is just perfect timing, and we'll look like the heroes. You had the ultimate opportunity right. to grandstand exactly without, I mean, without any type of no hit ramifications to, yeah, no, whatsoever. No negative ramifications, and he still failed to do yeah, it. You get a bought yourself some some cheap you know goodwill, and and that opportunity was passed. But I don't think Brad Ausmus feels comfortable. And honestly, again, it's tough to blame him. He's in a tough situation, taking over a veteran team as a rookie manager a couple of years ago. And now on a lame, as a lame duck manager on an expiring contract, he's in a tough spot. And I'm, I'm not, maybe the, he just doesn't care because no, he cares. Yeah, apparently I mean, well, he's, he's a, a deeply passionate guy, according to our front. No, I'm not saying guy. that he doesn't care about winning. I'm saying maybe he just doesn't care about his future as a Tiger, maybe he thinks he's going to get some job somewhere else or something. Well, he'll get hired in but two seconds. It, it he's takes, very well It respected. did take balls to, on Sunday, you've lost, what, uh, three in a row already. You're about to get swept by the Cleveland Indians. I, I wouldn't be sitting both Upton and Cabrera that day at home when you already know that the owner wanted you gone. He knows the owner wanted him gone last year. Yes. Okay, whether or not he believes... Uh, the source that you know, your source that he's already on thin ice already. I gotta believe he thinks he is. I gotta believe he, he said he said right. he thought he was yeah. fired. Right. Said, I mean, exactly. that's not. There's no. We don't have to speculate on that. He said that in the newspaper. So that's why I'm thinking he th- he thought. Look, it. I might piss off Illich, but to me, in my mind, the right thing is fucked up. It was it was. I don't think you should have sat both of those idiot, those guys. I don't care how bad they're struggling in the same game when you've lost three in a row. But in his mind, he that was the right thing to do. And he's like, it seems to say, what the hell with it? And I, that's why I kind of think it's a, it's a matter of, I, I don't, I'm going to disagree with you here. I don't think he's scared to pull Tyler Collins in that game yesterday, or he doesn't think he's got the credibility. I think it's because what the answer he gave, that I didn't want to be caught short on my bench late in the game. And he put that over the, you know, being up by five or six runs at that point. When he could have made a stand and said, "We're not going to tolerate this nonsense," I think I think the answer he gave was was a legitimate answer. I just think he's like, "Well, I don't I don't want to look like an idiot at the end of the game if I don't have someone on the bench that I can bring yeah, in." Yeah, but they, I don't know if that really explains why he relatively absolved him of the act. I mean, he could have said, "Okay, we we didn't want to you know jeopardize the whole team based on this or something," which is still ridiculous. I, they should have pulled him out. I, and and you and I are not the biggest proponents of that like clubhouse bullshit, but they should have pulled the guy out when you're flicking off the entire the guy's stadium. Guys trending on Twitter, I, Deadspin, you had, Yahoo, Spl- you at Barstool, take, every single website you is take, going you off. Gotta on, him, you got to take him out. take him out of the no. game. I mean. I, you know, it's rare that you and I are on the sides of like the idiot Tiger fans who shouldn't have been booing in the first place. By the way, that was stupid to begin with. But uh, you know, for losing a ball in the lights, I mean, that's ridiculous. But no, I agree. That's that not like a, stu- you're not paying attention or something. Like again, that, one, that could happen to the, literally anybody. Once again, it, it, there's two ish, There's two things that people just can't seem to separate. Yes, Tiger fans are morons. You don't boo a guy for losing a ball in the lights, especially, as I said last night on Twitter, a guy who shouldn't even be playing center field. How many times has this guy played center field in his whole entire life? Yeah, set up to fail. And especially in Comerica Park. And to boo him, and and, and they and that's the thing that Tyler Collins doesn't even realize. They, they're really not booing Tyler Collins at that point. They're booing the fact that this team has looked sloppy, base running errors, fielding errors, uh, it was a, culm- a, a culmination. culmination. You're on a, yeah, you're on a yeah. four-game losing streak. Um, even though the score at that point, I think, was seven nothing, um, and Zimmerman was pitching another great game. 
you can't separate that from all the past. The last year of finishing in last place with a hundred eighty some million dollar payroll, uh, losing four games in a row, and having discussions of who the man if Jim Leland's coming back. You, you just can't separate that from the dumb fans. They shouldn't have booed, but his reaction was just. I mean, is there a city more prone to have athletes give the middle finger and act like this than Detroit? It seems like this happens a lot here. Where fan, I mean, Rayola, Rayola. Chamberlain, Golden Tate, yeah, the, uh, the Tigers know. is the ti- Victor Martinez. Victor Martinez calling out the fans. I mean, it's just, it's like one after another. All right, do you want to talk about the Zetterbergs real stuff real quick before we uh, take a break and get into uh, sure. Dimitri Athanasiu. Yeah, let's talk to Zetterberg. What do you? All right. I mean, you start. This is your story now. We talked about my story, right? Well, you had you 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 assisted in this story, contributing, contributed as well. Uh, So on what Friday was that when the Red Wings? uh, The Thursday night they lose to Tampa four to one. Embarrassing, humiliating. Teams missing Anton Strollman, Steve Stamkos. And they're the first team to lose, to exit the postseason. Just an absolutely humiliating defeat in five games at, to a depleted team, which was basically, most people thought, was a 50-50 coin flip series going in just because of the injuries to Tampa's star players. So, a couple weeks ago, Greg Brady, former host of uh, DFN. Coward. And on on 590 in Toronto, he just got to lost that job, I think, a month or two ago. He basically tweeted out that the reason that Anderson was playing over Mantha and Yuriko, the reason Brennan Smith was being benched was the Swedish players stick together, and Cronwall and Zetterberg run the Red Wings' um, locker room. And that's why Erickson never gets benched for a shift, no matter how bad he is. Never gets sat for a game. Uh, that's why when they finally did bring Brendan Smith into the lineup out of desperation after two games in the playoffs, it was Kyle Quincy who sat instead of Erickson. So Brady reports that, and we start looking into it, making calls, trying to get into our sources to see what the story is. And it turns out, through our reporting, that Henrik Zetterberg basically had undermined Jeff Blaschel this season to the point where Blaschel would come into the locker room, tell the team something, the door would shut, and we were this is this is basically an exact quote, and you can confirm this, that Zetterberg would say, "Okay, this is how we're really going to do things." Pretty pretty accurate, would you say? Yep. <laughs> pretty almost verbatim. Okay. Yep. Another source basically told us that the reason the reason that Erickson was playing, the reason Anderson was playing, like once again, a lot of input from Zetterberg and Cronwell, the captain of the team, especially uh, Henrik Zetterberg. So we report that, and you know what? When we would post things on this website, for me, I never know what's going to happen. I didn't think this thing was going to go viral. I didn't think the whole country of Canada was going to read this. I didn't think bloggers like Dmitry Filipovich or whatever his name is up in Vancouver was going to uh, tweet out that Henrik Zetterberg's a horrible coach and this was going to get picked up by all of these different hockey blog sites. I, I had no clue. We report what we hear. Right, and that's it. I didn't. It I, had, what it is. I had no idea. So anyway, this becomes a huge story, which 
a lot of it was just connecting dots. I mean, we we had backup information from three people, basically, including, as we wrote in the article, someone in that locker room. Three different components that they had they had different like elements, but they were all consistent in terms of the the sort of nature of that locker right. room right in, now, including someone who plays right now for the Detroit Red Wings. Some that in, some of that information was coming directly from that person. Okay. The story uh, is picked up by various sources over the weekend. And then on Monday, yesterday, when the Red Wings had uh, their final, uh, I don't know what, they were cleaning out their lockers and Ken Holland had his final team press photo, conference, team photo, all that They stuff. do their exit meetings. Zetterberg basically states that it's not true what I wrote and that he wants to meet me. Which I say to Mr. Zetterberg, whenever you want to meet, if you want to meet here, and we can talk about this on the podcast, which I don't think you'll do, if you want to meet at a Starbucks to discuss this somewhere in the uh, suburban Detroit area, I'll be happy to meet you. And I'll be happy to tell you exactly what I just said on this show. Um, I don't think Henrik Zetterberg has any intention of talking to me. I think that was his way of saying, trying to... That's lip it's like, service. It's almost, they're always it's almost like it. it's almost like What's when you get say? Yeah, it's almost like right. you get into a fight with your your wife, and she's like, "Did you cheat on me?" And you're like, "No, I swear, I swear on X, I swear to God." I mean, well, that really means nothing coming from you, but, exactly. But uh, you know, no, it's honestly you see this over and over again in sports. You're gonna deny it every time. Every person accuses steroids has no idea how it got there. I mean, no, no one ever just comes up and admits it right away. I mean, he, of course, he's gonna deny. It. What's he gonna, what's he gonna say? Yeah, I am running this show. This is my team. He's not gonna, he's not gonna say that. Well, the funny thing is, in one breath, he says to the uh, crowd of Red Wing reporters that this is not true. I want to talk to the guy who wrote it. And the next breath, he's like basically saying what's going to happen in the off season. There's going to be a lot of changes to be made. This is like, well, which one is it? Is it that you have no input whatsoever, or that you are calling some of these shots? And for anyone to believe that when that Red Wing fan told you that you needed to calm down, and then said "fuck off, asshole," and (laughs) when you responded, right? It's like, yeah, everyone, calm down. Hey, fuck off. You know, just like total (laughs) die. Yeah, fuck off and die. die. Right. If any, I mean. People who are not loyal to the Detroit Sports Drag or hate the Detroit Sports Drag, uh, Matt Shepard today, or, or today or yesterday, had Greg Brady on the air asking him about. He wasn't going to call me, obviously, and have me discuss the article. So he had Brady on, who was kind of the impetus to the article. And Shepard says, Yeah, I've been hearing the same thing about Cronwall and Zetterberg. Art Regner, the other day, tuned into the Red Wings. I asked him about it on Twitter. He tried to, like, Obviously, Art's kind of a Red Wing slappy. He kind of tried to downplay it a little. Like, oh, this happens on every team. But he didn't deny that this is going on. Well, the only person denying that's going on is Zetterberg, and I think we can figure out the reason why that's happening. And and honestly, I can't imagine a much better source. And we had a couple, but I can't imagine a much better source than the player we, we talked to for this story that flat out said that this is what happens. I, you know, it, it's... <laughs> I mean, there are stories. I mean, what well, is the player? Look, there are stories we've reported where, in the body of the article, and we're going to take a break in a second. We're going to get to Dimitri Athanasiou after I make this point. In the body of the article, I go, the sourcing on this story is a little goofy. And take it, you know, on the freaking article that probably went more viral than anything we've ever posted. 
that DeAndre Levy has a parasite that he got in South America. In that in that article, I wrote, this is not normally how we get article sources, you know, we get information. A little bit of a wonky. It was, yeah. it was comp- I was completely upfront that you know, this is this is odd, but I'm putting it out there. And that was the art that was the article that Kyle Mankey, Josh Katzenstein, and Dave Burkett ran with and went and asked Jim Caldwell, you know, is it true that he had the parasite? Like, okay. I'm not making any caveats on this story, okay? This is true, people, okay? Unless uh the NHL league so, you know, source that uh we have is saying it's not true. Is lying. If the player in the locker room is lying, if another person that we got on the record, and excuse me, on the re- I mean on the record, but anonymously saying it, this this is true, okay. And it doesn't. It's not take, doesn't take much of a leap to figure out why a guy like Joachim Anderson, who was passed on by twenty nineteen when he was put on waivers, was playing over Mantha Yuriko Pulkinen. So, all right, we are going to take a break. We ran a little late. Um, we'll take. Uh, few minutes, play a song, and we will get Dimitri Athanasiu on the line uh, to discuss his brother's rookie year and uh, any thoughts he might have. We'll be back in a couple minutes. This is a previously recorded episode. We are back on the Detroit Sports Rag podcast. Jessica trying to juggle many things, uh, get the mics turned on, get our, get our guest today. on, figure out who she's going to take to the uh, <laughs> Spiro uh, musical, what, oh, that Lord. dial a date. So anyway, uh, we got a guest on the line, I'll give a little backstory. So I don't know, in the last couple of weeks while the Red Wings were in the playoffs and right before the season ended, uh, you know, I was unhappy with the playing time of one Andreas Athanasiu, uh, and I would voice that displeasure on my Twitter feed uh, ad nauseum. And I started noticing someone was liking some of those tweets, uh, maybe retweeting some of them. And the person's uh, handle or name on there was Dimitri Athanasiu. Now you've got to remember that on Twitter, you know, there's a lot of catfishing that goes on. Ten percent of my followers probably have the name Coach Harbaugh. In it, and I don't think any of those people are actually Jim Harbaugh, the coach of University of Michigan. So I didn't give it much thought, and I just thought maybe it was just some Greek kid who really liked uh, the Red Wings rookie forward. And then one day someone said to me, did you know that's actually Andreas's brother who is <laughs> liking and retweeting these things? And I looked it up, and uh, yeah, it is. And his name is Dimitri Antonisiu. I think he is a uh, stand-up comedian in Toronto, entertainer, actor, uh, among other things, and he's on the line. Uh, welcome to the show, Dimitri. Hey, what's going on? Tikanis. <laughs> ah, See, oh, great, uh, we're going to go Greek here yeah, for right. a second. Yeah. What's, uh, yes, what's that, what's yes, that yes, mean? Should I not turn around? <laughs> uh, all right, so anyway, my first question, I guess, is uh, how the hell did you find me on Twitter? I don't know. I just saw some of the tweets that were kind of funny, so I just... They just showed up on my feet, so I'm like, all right, this guy's funny. Let's keep going with this. So, obviously, a lot of Red Wing fans, a lot of my followers, a lot of the uh, Red Wing fans who are kind of sick of the first-round exits playing 35-, 36-year-old uh, washed-up forwards, uh, very, very aggravated and frustrated with your brother playing seven, eight minutes a night 
He scored nine goals in limited action. Incredibly, even though he only played, let me see if if I have that up. Forget how many games he played, but probably half the season in Detroit, and with the you know eight eight and a half minute TOI, he led the team in drawn penalties, which is completely astonishing, just based on the fact of how much time he played. Uh, but he led the team in drawing penalties mainly because of his speed. As aggravating and frustrating for fans of the team um, as his brother, uh, how? How frustrated were you with his playing time? I'd say both the same. I've seen some of the tweets and social media, how they were reacting. It definitely felt pretty much the same. You know, it's frustrating watching that. You know, I I don't know if you heard our anecdote. I know we, we alerted you to it on Twitter. Uh, was it a week or two ago when I told the story of uh, my good friend Jack Johnson, who's a Blue Jackets defenseman, played the Red Wings back in uh, late February. And I was uh, sending him a message after the game just saying, you know, how hey, you ought to go. I couldn't even watch it. And he just said uh, that Larkin and Athanasio kids, kids are just great. He said that you're – and I ended up talking to him on the phone later that night. And he described your brother as uh, a – not to – this is meant as a compliment, believe me, a poor man's Alexander Ovechkin and said that yeah. the players on the Blue Jackets bench were asking themselves, who is this kid? First, they were trying to figure out his nationality. For me, the name's obviously Greek, but they couldn't figure it out. But they said Hockey players. it was, who, who is this kid? And you have to keep your head on a swivel with this guy because he's going to get behind you. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a number one defenseman on his team in the NHL calling me up and saying, this kid, Athanasiu, is great. Uh, you know, I, I, where, where did this kid even come from? And so you, you you get that from an NHL defenseman that has to go against this guy that's that's terrified to play him. Basically, the, the team is saying we have to pay so great attention to him. Don't you think that that's got to be frustrating a little bit for your brother? Because I I would imagine he does not feel overmatched out there. Oh, for sure, it's got to be a bit frustrating. But at the same time, you know he's happy to be at that level, right? That's the dream, right? To to play up there. Now you were a little vocal about the decision to only play him. Um, you know, eight, nine minutes a game. I think you put a poll up at one point, maybe before the last game, saying how much time do you think Andreas is going to play tonight? Did you hear any any backlash from your brother saying, you know, maybe you want to pipe down on Twitter? Was there any negative uh, comments from anyone in the wings regarding, you know, you being a little outspoken about your, your brother's ice time? To be honest, I don't think any of them even see my tweets. So, uh. <laughs> or does he know you're on this show? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> All right. I I didn't know it was going to be on either till a bit earlier today. I had the time, like, yeah, you know what, let's do it. So what do you? So you're his older brother, I take it, right? Yeah, I'm his older brother. Yeah. So what are you doing up in Toronto? It says you're you're stand up comedian. What do you do up there? Yeah, I do a little bit of everything. I do some stand-up. I do some acting on the side. I consider myself, I guess, a little bit of a shitty actor because I don't get much. Um, I run my own hockey school here, so just I try to do a little bit of everything. Did you play in the OHL too? or I got drafted to the O. I never played. I ended up quitting hockey around 19, and I started to race in the Red Bull Crash Dice. Okay, so a couple weeks ago we had a guy on who used to be the Red Wings um, like intermission voice and he did the the uh, po- post game and pregame show and he was telling yeah. us a story that when your brother was in the OHL yeah that he, i guess he was coached by the Hunter brothers 
And yeah. the reason that he kind of fell in the draft is that the Hunter brothers were kind of like disparaging him. Um, I don't know how, but they were they were kind of bad mouthing him. I guess he, at some point he got traded from their team to another team, and that at the time uh, the Red Wings assistant general manager was Jim Nill, who is now the GM of the, a team that's still in the postseason, the Dallas Stars. Basically, you know, was very high on your brother and said, "I don't care what the hell the Hunter brothers are saying. Uh, if this guy's still available, the next time we pick, we're taking him." End of story. And that's how he became a Detroit Red Wing. Do you know what what was the story with the Hunter brothers or what the hell happened there? I don't know what the story was there, but uh, yeah, they definitely he definitely did. I think he dropped in the draft quite a bit when he went there, and I don't know. They just kind of they didn't they didn't give him the opportunity to show himself as that he deserves. Yeah, and speaking of not getting the opportunity, there was a it came up in the playoffs that Jeff Blaschel was getting pressed by the media who had been pressed by the fans for weeks about his lack of playing time. And Blaschel, I'm paraphrasing, but made some type of comment about uh, that your brother was not a, a star in the AHL, so why would he be getting big minutes in the NHL? What are your thoughts on that take by the coach? You know what? It, it's tough to say, but everyone can see what he can do on the ice. So my thoughts are on that, like, just watch the kid play. Yeah, and and the, mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I've played a lot of hockey. I played a lot of sports. It, it's simple. If someone's playing well one game, he deserves the extra ice that extra ice that game. Every game, it's going to be a different player. But if they're, you can't have the same guys going every game. It's just not possible. Different guys will be going different nights. All right. Now we want to play something for you. This is going to take a couple minutes, but I want you to listen to this. This is, uh, and I reference this to you. Uh, couple days ago on the uh, the, st- the radio station that covers the Red Wings there's a show between yeah. 10 and 10 a.m and 2 2 uh, 2 p.m that's the Scott Anderson and Doug Carr show we we call yeah. it the uh, Virgin Manatee and the Benedict Karsh program we're not exactly big fans of the show these two know uh, less about hockey than my wife and uh, I don't think she knows the playoffs are over yet so I want to play this audio, and then I want to get your reaction. I want us to chime in on this, too. This is Anderson and Karsh talking about uh, Andreas Anthony-Siu. All right. Yeah, over 12 was minutes. Was he out there much in the third game? He was out there more than, I mean, at one point even uh, uh, Mickey said, oh, they have Anthony-Siu out there. I mean, he he did play a lot. Yeah. That third I, now, maybe not enough for your liking, but he did play more. Yeah. But when he plays, it's like he's, he's, the, he's the ace in the hole. They don't know what to do with him. They chase him around, and he draws penalties, and he eats the clock up, and, and he's young. The kid's exciting, right? They're he is exciting. exciting, but here's what I think people in the league would tell you. What you do with Andreas Athiotisia is you chase him and then pick up the puck out of the corner after he misses the net. Right. That's what people in the league will tell you. Whether or not he can fix that, we'll see. But the point is that he's able to get himself in a position where he's getting the puck and he's he's got a scoring opportunity. Got to be a finisher though to be effective. Sure, all that speed but in the world is great, but he he's actually finished a little I'm, bit in the, I know. In the, in the uh, National Hockey League, which is I think surprising to a lot of people. I, but that speed is such an asset. But I will say this: at times watching him in the game last night. He looked like a deer on skates sometimes. I, I want, I agree. I want Andreas Athanasiu to capitalize on all that speed and be the finisher that I've been told that people that have watched him over the long period of time say he is not. 
But the guy has come through in his, his moments, uh, his opportunities. Given. You know what it feels like to me? It almost feels to me like he's just a little bit north of, of Quentin Berry. <laughs> like, I, I'm not even sure. Okay, Dimitri, you got any rebuttal to that nonsense? You know what? I didn't even hear it. Oh, you didn't hear it? No. Oh, jeez. I didn't hear it, no. Okay, well, let me put it this way. Uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, tell you, I'll, I'll recap some of it. One thing, right. one thing they said was that he doesn't have a history of being a, a good finisher, and that he just kind of skates around and then nothing happens. Okay, first of all, he had nine goals. Second of all, his, okay. shooting, per, his shooting percentage this year in Detroit was 17%. Uh, I yeah. looked. I looked this up. Do you know what Alex Ovechkin's shooting percentage in his in his career is? The guy's a pretty good goal scorer, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, twelve point four percent. And yeah. your your brother in Grand Rapids, his shooting percentage was thirteen point seven percent. Just in comparison, yeah. Steve Eiserman, his career shooting percentage was fifteen percent. So between yeah. the AHL and playing in Detroit, it was right around you know what Steve Eiserman's career. It, it just. At, just absolute nonsense uh, saying that you, you know that uh, your your brother is not a good finisher and he's got a hist- the, the the quote was that the league his his rep is that he's not a good finisher. Yeah. Any comments on that? <laughs> if anyone who watches him play should, I will, will understand. Like, I don't even think I need to comment. Right? Like, <laughs> have you seen if someone? If someone actually watches the game and knows what's going on in the game, then they wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, and then they compared him to Quinton Berry. You probably don't know who that is, but uh, that was a Detroit Tiger who was a career minor leaguer who basically his only thing that he could do was run and steal bases. An absolute, just complete disrespect to your brother there by these two imbeciles. So I I just maybe if you know over the summer uh, when you're uh, having a barbecue with your brother, maybe up there in Toronto, you might want to tell him to stick, you know, stay away from. uh, Benedict and the whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That stuff happens. You're always going to get people on both sides, no matter what. Yeah. Well, uh, really, it's kind of it's kind of aggravating that uh, people on the uh, flagship station for the Red Wings uh, just com- yeah. complete imbeciles. But uh, I, I just got to say, I'm so excited for my hat to arrive. And, and oh yeah, yeah, why don't you promote the hat? <laughs> yeah, stuff. yeah. D- Dimitri sent me. Uh, an Athanasio Athletics hat, and it is. Well, you paid for it, right? Well, yes, I did. I did. I did pay for it. As good of friends as Dimitri and I are, we're not quite at that point yet. But um, yeah, I, I honestly, I, the Greek lettering on these hats are so cool, and I, I'm waiting for the T-shirts to get in. So this is not even me being like you know promoting the guest thing. Like I actually did order one of these, and I'm really genuinely excited about it. I think it. you were the first person to own an, uh, an Athanasiu jersey, Red Wing jersey, too. Yeah, I was the first one to wear one in Joel Serena other than him. Yeah, so I, his brother. I, I don't know. When when was that? I might have been the first one. Oh. oh okay, the first one that you know didn't share a uterus. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, All right, I'll give you that. So. But yeah, th- thank you for the hat purchase. I appreciate that for sure. Oh, I'm where do, you, where do you go to get the Athanasiu uh, gear? Uh, it's on the it's on the Facebook page or Athanasio Athletics Facebook page, right? And your Twitter and your Twitter handle is Dimitri A twenty six. So you you've, yeah. you've linked it out there too. Uh, yeah. Oh well, well I hope you don't get too much negative feedback for appearing on this show with us scumbags. But uh, I wanted to get you on and just uh, appreciate the uh, the follow and uh, the likes. I, I know we were kind of both aggravated with the fact that your brother wasn't getting fourteen or fifteen minutes a night. Um, 
Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. The one thing, I, I he's going to Grand Rapids to, to play in the playoffs, correct? Uh, yeah, he should yeah. be there shortly. Yeah, because they said something. There's nothing. They said some family issue. Couldn't you, no, nothing wrong, right? Everyone's okay, right? There's no. Yeah, no, everything. Uh, nothing too serious. Everything's okay. Okay, I want to make sure that everything's okay. And like I said, I hope uh, you don't get an angry call from your brother saying, "Why the hell did you talk to those fuck nuts?" But yeah, no, it's, it's all good. Okay, well, hopefully next year we'll get. Well, maybe you'll see you at the the JLA and introduce yeah. ourselves and see maybe your brother play on a power play or get 15 <laughs> minutes. Or some, you know, yeah. some, something crazy like you know the guy who had nine goals in limited action and drew the most penalties and who's the fastest player on the on the team, even though he's uh, on the same team as a guy who broke Mike Gardner's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, record at the All Star game. He's even faster than that guy, and you know, but you know, five six minutes—that's pretty much what he deserved this year. So yeah, well. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, hopefully it changes for next season. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that will change, and uh, hopefully nothing that's occurred today is going to impact that. And yeah. uh, w- you can follow him at Dimitri Eight Twenty Six. So hopefully, uh, may, you know, maybe he'll be the next Louis C.K. and he can become more famous than his brother. <laughs> that's the plan, right? Yeah, that is the plan. All right. Thanks, Dimitri, for joining uh, us. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Maybe Appreciate we'll check it. in uh, next season when your brother's, you know, on the All Star team. Yeah. Sure. Thanks a lot. All right, that All right. was uh, the brother of one of our favorite players on the Detroit Red Wings, even though he's uh, basically, what, what do you say, what, what's the person that the on Broadway, who the, the uh, stand-in or the... Yeah, yeah, yeah he has like a walk-on role. Walk-on role, yeah, yeah, he was basically... He walks across the stage and he's a tree. <laughs> yeah, he's a tree in the Midsummer Night's Dream. He's basically, you know... He's a, uh, he's a high-pitch Eric in Blue Bloods. He's a, he's a branch. Yeah, uh, he's a branch on a tree. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. We will come back. We're going to give away uh, two Tiger Den tickets. We're not going to give away Tyler Collins. Uh, we, our, our lawyers have told us that we're not allowed to do that. We're not all, allowed to the give away. The 13th Amendment ruined <laughs> yeah. that. Poor Abraham Lincoln ruined that for us. That, we can't, that fucking Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> yeah, we can't give away players. So instead, uh, thanks to Kelly tickets, we're going to give away uh, two Tiger Den tickets to see the A's and Detroit baseball team tomorrow we're going to do that right when we come back and uh we've also got some other hijinks we're gonna we're not done with scott anderson tonight let's put it that way we are not done we've got another clip of this moron to play unfortunately um i don't know what happened there why dimitri couldn't hear maybe it was selective hearing <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure i think maybe it's because he was on the line while skype was going so maybe oh. he couldn't hear it so oh that, that was the first time we've had a guest on that didn't say anything i I mean, well, yeah. what was that? Well, hmm. well he, I don't think he wanted to burn every single bridge of his brothers right now. That was very... Yeah, um, he's trying to build something for himself, so yeah. running around, you know, No, I, I get it, but people. just don't come on at all. And, I mean, yeah. at that point. I, I mean, not that I don't appreciate... I appreciate it. And I do appreciate it, but it's just, uh, I'm wondering what the thought was there yeah. of, like, why even come on to basically be like, yeah, well, that's how it goes. You know, I mean... <laughs> You know, I feel like when why Coward you, interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Why are you bombing your, fe- your fellow Greek? Uh, not bombing him. I just don't understand what that was. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like when Coward had Jim Harbaugh on the first time on ESPN. It's just like, hey, Jim, you know, what do you think of this year? What's going on? What are you doing to prepare? Listen, listen. Uh, we're ready. Don't 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 <laughs> attack my bookings, please. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I bring us Rick Barry. I can't Barry. keep up with good cop, bad cop here. It just is constantly switching. Oh, switching. I'm always the good cop. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back, and we'll give away a couple Tiger tickets and uh, – I don't know what else. We, should, should we talk about the Jeff Sparks issue? I, we got to always touch on it. All right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. We'll be back. 
This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're back on the DSR podcast after uh, Spiro just completely destroyed any relationship we have with the Anthony CEO family. That's great. Beautiful. Wonderful. Thanks a lot. Just being candid. Sabotage. I'm the, one, I'm, a, I'm the one that actually has purchased some of the gear. And That's true. I, I'm a big supporter. I'm just wondering aloud what that was. Well, like, come on. I mean, that what, was, listen, that's probably the worst interview we've ever well, done. Well, listen, it's not. Come on. What's the guy going to. I mean, the guy was basically speaking in code. He wanted to get his point across that he wasn't happy with the playing time of his brother. But on, on the other hand, it's still. He doesn't want his brother to get a shitstorm of uh, attention from the organization saying, why the fuck is your loose cannon. Comedian, actor, brother, or as Roy Harris said, the like the Marcus Vick, you know, yeah. like, just right. the, the brother on the sideline. He doesn't want to be the Don Swayze or the Frank Stallone of the family. Or uh, I think we could come up with some other brothers who, but you know, he's just he's walking a fine line there. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I appreciate that he came on, and hopefully, people will buy the Ethnicu hats. I promised that we were going to be giving away some Tiger Den tickets for tomorrow's game. Justin Verlander on the mound. The DSR is sponsored by CaliTickets.com. Today, the DSR is giving away free Tiger tickets to tomorrow's Oakland Athletics game. Be the ninth caller to 877-225-8425, and you get the tickets. Probably got a good ratio of uh, winning, considering there's probably only nine people listening live. Uh, Most people listen on the archive. And if you're listening to the archive, do not call that number for the free tickets, but do call that number if you want to purchase uh, any Tiger tickets, concert tickets, anything going at DTE this summer. Once again, the ninth caller will receive a pair of Tiger Den tickets behind home plate for the game tomorrow. Behind home plate. You could take a DSR sign. You can take a Fire Osmus sign. Can I go in the parking lot and call? Like, am I You el- call right now. Am I, am I eligible? No, you're not eligible, but oh, you can call right now to see if the line's busy just to can, see. Can, can our lovely sponsor get me some front row Buffett tickets? I can't find them anywhere. Once again, that number is 877-225-8425. And you're, you're willing to pay for these seats, right? Jimmy Buffett. Oh, yeah. 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 Top I, dollar, right? Oh, Top, whatever is above top dollar. Uh, we're, we're not going to get into a Jimmy Buffett discussion. You are not. You are not Jimmy, going to trip Jimmy me. Petro likes Jimmy Buffett. Oh, no. He and I had a great time. There's pictures. Wonderful. I don't know how you listen to that shit, but okay. Well, we're not going to go into that. We are going to transition into a pretty uh, interesting topic. I've got to find out where I just. Uh, oh, here it is. So. <laughs> There's been some interesting developments over the last few days with people who are not fans of the DSR, which not a small population of people. There's a lot of slapdick Detroit sports fans who don't want to hear any criticism. They love their Anthony Fenix and their Lynn Hennings, and they don't care about wins and losses. They just want to go to the game and have a good time. And, you know, provincial Detroit sports fans, not exactly thrilled with our website. And when we report something, even though our success rate is probably about 85 90%, they love to bring up the 10 to 15% of things that we either got wrong or where facts changed. And like, you know, the Osmus story, Garden Hire story of yours last year. So when you started tweeting out um, that Leland was a consideration, that Illich was going to reach out, you got bombarded by this faction of people who can't stand us. In particular, there is one account. Actually, it's not one. It's been 20 because I think the guy's been how about it by Twitter numerous times for um, just 
racially inappropriate tweets and and, and things along, along that line. His current Twitter handle is jmoss, no kids. Uh, the name on the account is Jeff Moss can't have kids. Of course, he only knows about uh, the fertility issues of uh, the Moss, Jeff Joff Mess family based on things that I've posted on the website, mentioned in podcasts. This is no secret. The only, the only reason this imbecile who's anonymous and hiding behind this account even knows about it is because I've brought it up numerous times. It would be like someone saying, Howard Stern, you have a small penis. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, right. I, I brought that up. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> like, you, you only know that because of me. So, and I don't even care about the crap that he says about me. Uh, it's whatever. I don't even, yeah, I really don't care. Issue. But here are some of the other tweets of, of this psychopath. And we're going to get to the reason why we're bringing this up. So this is the Jeff Moss can't have kids account. And this is to Terry Foster, 97.1. Now, look, you and I are not fans of Terry Foster. We've spent the last 13 years absolutely crucifying and bombarding him. Uh, based on his sports takes and his failed business ventures and failed marriages. <laughs> okay, okay, sour, <laughs> sour. He's an uh, animal. Yeah, he's he's an animal. But these things, th- these tweets, just absolutely cross a line that I can't even imagine. This is in response to. Uh, Foster saying, "What kind of mic? What kind of mic do we have today? We have spicy mic, lol." About you know talking about Valente. Here's Jeff Moss can't have kids' response, and your daughter's booty is spicy. Now keep in mind, this guy continually tweets to Terry Foster sexual innuendos, sexual tweets about his daughter. His daughter goes to West Bloomfield High School, and I think is. 16, maybe 17 at, at the oldest. And this has been going on for over a year, by yeah. the way. By this on this I anonymous. Mean, she was like 15. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's another one to Terry Foster. I'll take your daughter and quit using social media that way. Effing spook. F- free your daughter's booty. That's another one to Terry Foster. Here's one to me. Andre Drummond is banging your wife. <laughs> Uh, he called. He used a uh, a, a gay uh, slur at Ryan Schuling. You can just go. He called your wife uh, N word lover. I mean, this is it's not like just us, okay? Or Terry Foster. This is what he said to Christy Teigen, John Legend's wife. Your baby is ugly. <laughs> okay, well, that, that, over that's, repeatedly. That's not over the DSR line, but that, <laughs> that's 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 actually within our. That's like at the edge of our 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 line. Tweet to Terry Foster again. I'm not going to skip out on your daughter's booty. I, I, you want to you you want to talk about this? Well, uh, it's you know you, you can't obsess too much over these psychos. Um, but when it when it gets into someone talking about a minor, I mean th- this is actually a crime to. To discuss, a leech mi- is a homo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the you know fag n word, you know homo, and uh, you know n word lover, and all all that nonsense. I mean, it, here's the issue. I'm actually a a big defender in people that are wacky, crazy, off the wall. I, if they have their name to it. Now, obviously, I would never name or not. I would not defend this type of behavior. I would bomb the guy, but. I can at least have the the smallest modicum of respect if you're willing to attach your name to it. But there's something so cowardly 
there's no way this guy would put his real name towards an N-word uh, waste tweet or a tweet where he's talking about doing sexually explicit things to a minor. Uh, you know, th- it, there's something so cowardly about it. And that really manifested itself a few days ago. Well, before we get to the to that issue, why don't you explain that you've offered a $1,000 bounty? Yeah, the DSR has put forth a $1,000 bounty on the head of this guy who has had numerous accounts, and many of you have had him tweet at you for you know retweeting our stuff. I mean, I've seen him tweet at our followers many times. I've got our if, private investigator in the case. If he if, if he can figure it out, he gets the grant. There's there's a th- now, and you don't you don't get the thousand hours for positing a theory. I mean, it's like no, you got to prove it's you, him. You got to either prove it's him, or you know, if you give us like a, a, a really solid tip and we vindicate it. But believe me, we're not looking for a way around rewarding this guy being outed. We, I want to pay. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to pay to get this. guy. I'll pay you to meet me. Well, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for a way out of paying this reward. You know, we. I. I will gladly offer that reward up and, and hand it over for the outing of this guy. Because right, because because we don't mind people bombing us. No, it's not. It's, it's we bomb. It's very little right. about other than the you know the N word stuff, which is targeted at you. We Him bomb saying people, that we, we suck we, as reporters. Right. I mean, it's not about who that. cares. Who we cares bomb people. That? We yeah. That's the other thing. Oh, you guys can't take it. Look, we bomb people on a daily basis. We can dish it out and we can take it, but we're saying it as Jeff Moss DSR. I'm not under you know an account that says. Terry Foster cheats on his wife. My name is Jeff Moss, and that's my Twitter handle. Everyone knows who Darko State News is. Well, my name's there. It's, yeah, everyone <laughs> it's knows. Not, it's not my right. at, but I mean, right. it's, everyone it's my knows in who, the profile. Everyone knows who Justin Spiro is. Whatever we say, we're willing to face the ramifications, whether it costs me business, whether Spiro has to hear about it, whatever. Whatever it is, it is. But we are out there with our own names, and it's been going on for two decades. These pussy cowards who want to come out and under you know an egg and a fake name and 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 try to hit on or make Terry Foster upset that he's hitting on his underage daughter, coming about her ass. Uh, I have no respect for you. If you want to do this shit, just come out on your own name. But you won't because you're a coward, cunt, pussy, which transitions us into your story. Well, and, and this, this guy has really been the, the center point, this J. Moss, no kids guy. Uh, there's a few theories out there as to who it is. I'm not going to say them on the air uh, to as not um, implicate someone that might be innocent. If I name the three or four suspects, I'm naming at least a few innocent people. So we're not going to do that. But there's a few we're looking at. We're looking into it. If you do have any information, obviously feel free to, to DM either Jeff Moss or myself. Um, we're looking to pay this reward, but really, this guy kind of already had us fed up with the whole anonymous stuff. Uh, when I tweeted out the report that we had on Jim Leland and the development with Mike Gillich's interest in him, there was an immediate blowback. First of all, people saying, "Oh yeah, just like the auspicing, right?" We're not going to go down that road again on why that's stupid. How stories can change and. How we had the story right, unless you believe the free press and not DID. to mention we've, we've admitted. Like, oh yeah, I mean we've been upfront. Yeah, no, no, no website, no uh, news outlet is ever more transparent. Basically, transparent lays out like we've. I mean, we, we explained exactly. We explained exactly why why it went down as it did. And if and, you want to bomb us still for it, fine. Well, no, and we, and we will own that, but don't lie about it. I don't care if you say, "Oh, just like awesome," ha ha, and that's the end of the tweet. But we had a, a guy. He's under the. Um, the uh, he's gone since protected on his Twitter account, so you can't even look this guy up. But he's under the name Kenny Sledge on Twitter, and that's not his real name, to my 
extent of my knowledge from what we've looked at. But he was bombing the report. No problem with that. But he accused Moss and I and tagged a bunch of people that were like reading us and were, you know, uh, absorbing the information. He was tweeting at anyone that would listen that, that we can't be trusted because we have a history of reporting anything that we hear and we just make things up out of thin air. And anything that hasn't been true, we have gone into our archives and deleted. So this is a guy who, and this wasn't like some troll guy. This is a guy that had, you know, 1,200 or so followers, I believe, or, you know, give or take. And I, I think contributes to a Tigers fan blog or something. I mean, he, he went private before I could get too deep into it, but has multiple, uh, you know, sort of his own little coterie of people. And so he's telling anyone that will listen that we can't be trusted because we have a long history of deleting the evidence of wrong, uh, you know, predictions or wrong stories. In the 13-year history of this website, we've never done that. You can still read the original report from Moss saying that Dave Katzman would be the next owner of the Pistons. You can still read my report that Garden Hire would be replacing Osmus. I mean, so what are you talking about? You know, and I, of course, I said, you know. You can still hear the podcast, I think, somewhere of Rob Otto saying they were going to get in the ring with 97. Oh, wait, that wasn't us. Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) right. It was on on your your website. It was was your website. But um, anyway, the, the point is, if you're going to lie about this stuff, if you're going to put yourself out there and attack us, you got to use your real name. And I, I mean, and even if you had used your real name, if you're going to make stuff up, we're going to come after you. Um, you know, this is if people say, "Oh, you can't take it." Do you realize that between Moss and I, every single day we get bombed by probably fifty different people? We don't go nuclear on all fifty of them. We go nuclear on the people that just make stuff up and don't have their real name attached to it. If someone says you guys are hacks as reporters or whatever, I don't think that's true, but it's ambiguous if that's true or not. But it is a literal fact that we have never deleted evidence of anything that you know, go complain to Brian Cook about that. Because that's not something we've ever done. So uh you know, when you So you got into it. I got with into this it. Kenny I got, well, guy. I, I politely asked him, I said to Kenny, uh name one example of it. And he couldn't do it, obviously, because there aren't any examples of it. And he just continued the name call, and I said, okay. So uh, I, I went through his uh, Twitter um, pictures, and he had multiple pictures of – I didn't know if it was his wife or his girlfriend. I think it turned out to be his wife. But uh, this woman, and he would have these captions, like all hearts, like emojis, and just saying, like, you're why I breathe. And it's just – like just the, the, the lamest, like, douche, chill shit I've ever heard in my life. And so I screenshot – this picture of his wife with the, the caption that was like, you're why I get up in the morning and you're my muse, my flame and all that bullshit. And I just said, ew, gross. Now, I admit it looked like it could be like that I was bombing his wife for being gross, but I really wasn't. I mean, I had four or five other tweets that were sandwiching that one that had nothing to do with his wife's physical appearance. It was all about what a bitch he was being in these captions. So, I mean, hopefully that was enough evidence to suggest that I wasn't like suddenly targeting his wife's physical appearance. But then he started, uh, you know, kind of coming after my wife a little bit without posting any pictures. Now enter the the subject of the story that we're releasing soon. If you don't bitch out tomorrow, tomorrow, Jeff Sparks, who is a friend of this Kenny guy who was lobbying false accusations, goes and finds a picture Goes under the uh, Twitter name what Castellanos? Yeah, Castellanos Yon. at Morning Clinkers, I don't which know really, really offends uh, DTP. Yeah, Taylor Phil. That was the worst part of his whole thing. But so, so this Jeff Sparks kid comes in under a, a name that was not his own, and posts a picture of my wife and I, and 
says like, hey, this is his wife. Ha, ha, ha. He's talking about yours and like basically saying that my wife's ugly. Now, first of all, my wife's beautiful. Um, so it just they look dumb for that anyway. First of all, yeah. Especially when you compare my wife to, I mean, come on, I don't want to go like, like Greg Henson's wife versus, you know, Melissa Moss thing. But uh, I mean, come on. But uh, <laughs> beside beside the point, but you also attack my physical appearance. So all, which right, I, not well, that I give a fuck, right? I mean, that's I, not I really, a big slob. It's the it's the it's the anonymous thing that is the issue. So I didn't go nuclear on the guy. All I said was, "Hey, what's your name?" And he said, "Ha ha ha!" You know, kind of a na 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 na. You can't catch me, kind of thing. I mean, he was mocking the fact, taunting that, that he was anonymous right, and he, that you couldn't, you, right. that he was Teflon. Like, you're not gonna know who who mocked your wife. Like, I mean, it was a, a series of tweets like that. And See what um, you're missing out on Twitter, Jessica. So I tweeted apparently. Two, I tweeted you know another two or three times. I, I asked his name politely. I wasn't saying, "Hey, you asshole, meet me in the parking lot." What's your name? I, I wasn't even like that. It was literally just, hey, what's your name? Hey, what's your real name? Can you please – are you not going to give me your name? I mean those tweets are still there. You can still look those up. So he refused and was making a mockery of it. So sure enough, the DSR investigative team was put into uh, action. And we have a, a great DSR investigative team that does a lot of the legwork for us. You know, And they were – this Twitter – Five minutes? This Twitter – we found this guy in like 10 minutes. And not only found him, found – Every social media account he had found his his employment. I was uh, enjoying contacting every single African American Facebook friend of his to confront them about his numerous tweets with the N word in them. Uh, it, it was just a real mess for this kid. And up until the point where I outed his name on Twitter, he was mocking the fact that we were trying to find him. This was all a big laugh, including like, his his buddy Ashley. Uh, whatever who her name actually is. has her name on there, yeah. but you know, yeah, she's got more balls the, the point, than, the than po- her friend. Right. The point is, if you're going to come after us without your name attached to it, you better be careful if we find out who you actually are. Because if you make us find you, if you make me bother the people that that you know work for us, sort of ostensibly on these things, our investigative team that does this work for us, because they're they're great people. If you're going to make us – And losers. If you're, and that. But if you're going to – well, we're losers. We say that wow, in Derek. We're huge we're, losers. The biggest, we're, we're you and I are the, the king, king losers. King and queen of loserdom. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, that's certainly nothing from a place of judgment. But the, if you're going to make us like find you, it's kind of it's like the dad chasing his kid You know, that's disobedient. Like the punishment's going to be worse if you make me chase you. You know, you get, you get a, a worse penalty for resisting arrest if you flee. Like you're going to get charged either way, but it's an added charge if you try to run away. If you're going to make a mockery of it and think it's some big laugh that we can't find you, nah, 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 like you're a little rat, eight-year-old, spoiled kid, when we do find you, we're going to rain hell on you. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a lot worse than it would have been if you had just given us your name. We're going to find the vine that you posted saying the N-word and making watermelon jokes about black people. Watermelon and big teeth and big butts and, yeah, yeah, you know. That's what's going to happen to you, and it doesn't matter – if you work at 7-Eleven or if you work on the grounds crew of the Detroit Tigers. Or at a gym, which he also works at. We're going to post it, and we're just going to post it, and that and people can make their own judgments. And guess what? If you threaten, if you, if you apologize to us, and in that same email apology, threaten to sue us if we if – we, Describe why you're apologizing. Apologizing, basically, uh, we're gonna make more of a mockery of you. I'm sorry you for all dummy. that. I'm sorry for all that shit I said. But if you report on it, 
Yeah, I'll see you in court. <laughs> this guy I mean, sends this okay. guy sends an email to me where he's he, he's apologizing for it and then saying, "Well, I've, I'm talking to an attorney." And obviously, this was written by an attorney, his attorney, because he was quoting case law. Not a lot of moron Twitter Tigers fans out there quoting case law. Uh, but trust me, the DSR has more attorneys uh, than most Jewish families. Or you can shake a stick at, and we will anything we post or anything we're saying today. Trust me, is vetted by many attorneys, and not just attorneys, but some of the best barristers in this city, most respected, working for law firms. That if we mention the names, you not we're not talking about Bernstein Law or you know some of you know those. Type, we're talking about prestigious Detroit law firms. These people work for, and so thing- we're not afraid of your. Lionel Hutt's advice that you're getting, Jeff Sparks. Well, and it, it's funny because the email or two before the threatened litigation against us for publishing things that are just flat out true that just happened. I don't you know. Good luck with that lawsuit. But the email or two before, he's telling me that he works three jobs and he has no money and his family's broke and all this shit. If you're going to say, hey, I'm ready to get in this, knock it out, drag him out, legal battle with you, probably not best to tip your hand that you're struggling financially. I'm just throwing that out there. Because you're 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 gonna go after some well-to-do attorneys, you know, and and you're a 23 year old kid that's working three jobs. I'm not a classist. I'm just saying that strategically, I don't think that makes a whole well, lot of fucking sense. I don't think sense. anything that this guy did was very was brilliant. No, he's pretty much played everything wrong. And you know, there was a point when we had we had the private DSR forum where it's just you know the DSR elite um, on Facebook where only a select few are allowed in, and there was a serious consideration to. Forgive him basically out out of hat and just and drop out of, it out of pity more right than out of pity not because he deserved it not because his apology was even close to adequate because it was a qualified apology that was disingenuous keep in mind this is a guy who was mocking my asking his name making a total mockery of this whole thing and you made a great point on the phone today you said when we were talking about doing some show prep for today you said if we found a tiger employee with a vine that was using the n word and do. We, even if they didn't criticize us all, you said that basically you'd probably you'd probably post. I would, I would. If you I'm not wouldn't. sure I would, but if I found out that a Tigers employee was posting a blatantly racist videos on their social media account, I, I would write that article with or without an interaction attacking my wife. But if you if you want to come after Melissa Moss or Lean, or Lean, Lean Spiro, Melissa I, Mist or Lean Spiro are protected class on the DSR. We will find you. And we will publish your name, and we're going to find everything. We have we have so many fucking losers that <laughs> like our site, and will go to bat for us, and we'll do we'll do everything in their power to unearth something you said when you were a freshman in high school that might be offensive. We're gonna we're gonna find everything about you, and it's all going in the article about you. And so, once again, we're to the person who keeps tweeting uh, about uh, my my wife and and or Terry Foster's daughter. Or whatever, or to Christy Teigen having an ugly baby, a thousand dollar bounty on that person's head uh, to be to clarify us. for their identity, not the to identity. kill them. No, yeah. <laughs> just in case. That's right. We have some oh, crazy. Man. We have some crazy listeners. What a great episode of Law and Order that would be. <laughs> just like, <laughs> please don't kill the person. Oh my god! Yeah, don't, don't, don't kill don't, them. About, don't even don't, don't even go go bound. Uh, what's the the dog hunter? What's yeah, the dog? Dog the body hunter. Dog the body hunter. Don't even, don't even to find out who the fucker is. We'll take care of the rest. Don't even go Robert <laughs> De Niro midnight run and like go and apprehend them and put them in cuffs. 
don't do that either. Uh, just, yeah, just no just citizens arrest. Just send us a, a message on Facebook or Twitter uh, with the information and evidence. Now, you made another f- excellent point on that uh, pre uh, pre show or uh, phone call. What was more entertaining, DSR wise, in the last couple months? The media member sending me condolences about my father passing. And then instantly saying it was off the record, <laughs> off the record condolence, off the off the the off the record uh, condolence call, which when I responded by saying, uh, "Wait a second, uh, why is this off the record?" "Quote unquote," I have my reasons, which we will not divulge who that was, or someone sending me an email apologizing for mocking Spiro's wife's uh, attractiveness, and then in the same email quoting case law. And threatening litigation. I mean, those are. I mean, if that was a year where those, those two things happen in one year to a website, that's a pretty great year. It's been a, a, like one month. It's five all, weeks it's all happens since March fifth. Yeah, okay, it's just unbelievable. Well, hey, this is the type of shit we deal with. You know, we get a, a three paragraph apology filed with "I will sue your fucking ass." Yeah. You know, it's like primal only, fear with Richard Gere at the bar. He tells him why he's a defense attorney and. How he, you know, he loves the publicity, all that shit. And then he says, I'll sue you if you print any of this. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, a ni- nice talk. Only the dirt spurt rake. You will not find this entertainment elsewhere. And we talking about entertainment. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Scott Anderson. We're going to focus our attention on that version. Last, last point before we go to the yeah. break. Is there any chance you're going to drop this Jeff Sparks story? 100%. I'm going to work on it probably tonight. Uh, my arbitration hearing was canceled tomorrow so i don't have to do any prep there's a concern i'm getting tweeted every 25 minutes yeah it's coming okay it's the people need need to know so it'll include information about the bounty about some of the other trolls on the 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 dsr trolls it's it's going to be pretty uh entertaining article to some people so not everyone all right we'll take one more break when we come back we're going to get into this little bit of scott the virginal whale anderson and we might even make a phone call uh, out to Nevada. So stay tuned for that. This is a previously recorded episode. No, there is no way. And we're yes. live. I know we're live, but there's okay. no way that we're having Jimmy Buffett and whatever. other. Jimmy Buffett. No, listen, people want to get pumped up listening to the show. With System you, you've, of played, a Down. you've played like Phantom of the Opera and shit. Well, that was for and you. Then- Oh, okay. So okay. So why, if that was for me, why can't I have something All else right. for me? Okay. That, next week, if you want, next week, if you want to pick the songs, I'm picking the songs. You can next pick. Week. You can. You can. Is it going to be like Bieber Fever in here, no, or what's going to no, happen? It'll be a margarita. Yeah, more credit. It, it's like going to. It's going to. Thank you. See, Jess and I all have a margarita, and you can sit there and be a sourpuss about it, like you are about everything else. <laughs> Deep sigh. Okay. Uh, anyway. So it's always six, complaining. Twenty nine <laughs> on uh, Tuesday evening, and uh, so we've had a pretty. Eventful show. Dimitri Anthonisiu was on. We went over the uh, Twitter trolls that we've been dealing with. Spoke about our breaking news regarding Henrik Zetterberg and Jim Leland. I, I that would. I mean, call me crazy, but that ninety minutes of show would probably be enough. We could walk out and people would say, "Wow, we got our money's worth," which is zero dollars because we don't charge for this. But we're not done. One of our favorite targets on this program and for the web, the website's history has been one Scott the Virginal Hippopotamus Anderson. Reigning champion. Uh, he, well, no, no, no. He's not the reigning champion. Oh, you're right. You're right. Shark. Yeah. What, did you forget about Drew Shark? Yeah, for, yeah former yeah. champion. Former, Sorry. 
former the 2015 uh, DSR worst media personality, Troy Sports personality. The guy is god awful. I don't have to recite the reasons why, but just in the last few days, he's had the following Red Wing takes on top of what we played earlier for you that you heard, but uh, Dimitri Anthesio did not hear. Uh, the you know criticizing uh, Andreas Athanasiu, you know that show comparing um, the Red Wings uh, forward to Quentin Barry. I mean, this sh- I don't know how anyone listens to this shit. And then, but the, you do because I I don't listen to it, but I get constant tweets whenever they say something stupid, just like this. Uh, Justin Abdelkader is untouchable, not untradeable because of his uh, ridiculous contract that hasn't started yet that Ken Holland doled out. But that Justin Abdelkader is untouchable. That's something the Virgin Manatee said just the other day. He also uh, was praising Jonathan Erickson. The other on the, on the show now he's saying how he liked his he's size. Trying, he's trying to troll. No, him. no, he's dumb. He's a fucking no, moron. I know. I know. He's it's a like, cross-eyed idiot. Okay, he he he's not trying. I'm telling you. No, I know. I I'm saying it's almost as if he is. It's like right. how could you? You couldn't be more wrong about this. Jonathan guy. Erickson's father was disappointed with Jonathan Erickson's 2015-16 season, but no, not the Virgin on 97-1. The sexless wonder. He was praising Jonathan Erickson and not understanding why people – just didn't understand why people would, wouldn't want him in the lineup. Uh, you could go on and on and on. So I had the brilliant idea that we should run a Kickstarter and raise money to get Scott Anderson laid with the thinking that if this guy who is like 44 maybe unleashes some steam <laughs> – has some steam. Has, that's, that's like a Titanic coal room <laughs> of level of of steam. Listen, if we could, if, if this guy has coitus, maybe maybe he'll learn what whip is, or that Jonathan Erickson's not a good player, uh, you know, or that Ken Holland's not a good general manager anymore. I'm thinking that's you know what can we do to maybe clear up this guy's mind, and I'm thinking. Sex. That's that's the only thing that you know. It's and it's a, and listen, it's a hail mary. I'm not sure if getting this guy laid is going to automatically turn him into, uh, you know, Tony Paul or John Neo. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But it's worth the try. So it's something that hasn't been tried yet. No, it hasn't. <laughs> it has not been tried yet. So I, I had this idea, and I we were spitballing it on the Darko Sports Rag. Uh, our uh, Facebook page there where we kind of just run through show ideas and website ideas and things like that, and you guys can't see it because it's a private group. And I was warned by our attorneys that you got to be really careful we do a Kickstarter trying to raise money to get this guy a prostitute. (laughs) Because in many states... Prostitution is illegal. Kickstarter would take it down in Michigan, two seconds. Michigan, you know, anyway. I think be, hold being on, one hold of on, them. hold on. Yeah, Michigan. And then I, I talked to our good friend from uh, Canada, Topher Ryan, because I thought that prostitution had become legalized at some point over uh, to our friends, to, you know, uh, to the north. And I was advised that no, 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 uh, prostitution still not legal in uh, Canada. No matter what happens between you and a lovely young lady at Studio Four or Cheetahs, <laughs> so I kind of was like a little upset and worried that we weren't going to be able to have this Kickstarter. And then I was watching HBO the other night, 
and I'm flipping through the stations, and I saw the Cat House. Uh, I'm not if you're show, for, uh, sure if you're familiar with that program, but it's kind of like a reality show about the Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Nevada, run by one Dennis Hoff. So I figured, look, it's legal there. You can, you know, that's where Lamar Odom uh, went on his binge. Now that didn't work out too well. I don't want to disparage anyone, but Lamar kind of ended up in a coma for a while, and Chloe Kardashian came to his rescue. We're not hoping that we send Scott Anderson to the Bunny Ranch and he ends up in a coma. We're we're looking to get him late. So I think the best thing to do, so because we need to know what our goal is, right? You do a Kickstarter, Justin, and you got to like have a, a goal for how much money you're going to raise. Now, me personally, I don't know how much money it takes to fly him. I can go on Delta, get a flight out. We know there. what two seats cost. Yeah, we know what. T- can we start a GoFundMe oh for dead. him? That's what we do. GoFundMe, yeah. Kickstarter, GoFundMe, okay. whatever, whichever, oh, whichever site will know. allow us okay. to do this. We'll, we'll run it I through think both. GoFundMe allows anything. They allow oh, really? somebody. Well, I mean, come on. Some lady like started a GoFundMe when she spent too much money on the lottery tickets. Oh, okay. So we'll Remember? do. A, we'll, so we'll like, try GoFundMe at Jester Anderson. Uh, would you prefer I or or Window? Both. <laughs> I would prefer both. How about yeah? Right. So we're we're gonna find we'll we'll find out from Delta. How much the ticket costs and how much you'll get an Uber from the airport to the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. We'll find all that stuff out. But we don't know how much like it's going to cost once he gets there. So my idea was to get Dennis Hoff on the phone. I tried to tweet him out to get him on. He's the, he runs it, uh, the uh, the Bunny Ranch. You know, you maybe seen him on the Howard Stern show. You have to put a thousand-hour bounty just on him calling us back. Right, yeah, seriously. I, mean, he, good I don't Lord. know what his problem was. Doesn't but, have that many followers. But he got Eric the uh, midget laid. Um so if he could get Eric, I'm thinking Sky Anderson is half a chance. So let's let's call the Bunny Ranch and find out how much this is going to cost. Uh, we'll have to warn them that they're on uh, a podcast or whatever this is. But uh, let's see if this will work. We have we have not called them. This is not this. They could just hang up on us. This could be just an absolute disaster. Whatever. The worst you could hear is no. Let's try it. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Let's try it. I mean, it could go to a voicemail. We, we have no idea. I feel like... Hi, it's Betty D, Dennis Hoff, the author of The Art of the Pip. There he is. The world-famous Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Oh, it's a recording. HBO yeah, Cat hold on. Series. If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Otherwise, you listen zero? to the Six, following nine. options. Hello, this is Madam Suzette. Press 1 for directions to the Bunny Ranch. No, I don't want that. Press 2 to make an appointment with one of our bunny oh. babes. Uh, Press yeah. three for limo and sedan services. Press four for employment opportunities. Jessica. Press five for sex crisis. <laughs> oh, five. Press six five, to five. hear one of our sex crisis. That's funny. Uh, sex prices. Then he said, "Hi, this is Hollywood. We can't quote prices over the phone or over the internet. Why is that an Can option? You come then? to the Bunny Ranch. I don't All know. of the bunnies will work with your budget. We accept Visa, Mastercard, Discover." And all They're not going to give us a quote over the phone. That's course, obviously like against the law. Cash is king. Please email me directly at Hollywood. Can I just hit zero? Can I try to hit zero? Can't wait to see you. Hello, this is Madam Suzette. Madam Suzette, we want a live person. To the Bunny Ranch. Press two to make an appointment with one of our Bunny Bears. Try to hit two. Press three for limo and sedan services. Press four for employment opportunities. Two, two, two. Press five for sex prices. 
Sex prices? You can't press five for sex prices. No, Should I hit zero again? Try one more time. Can we get someone on the Can we line? not try two? We're making an appointment. Moment, oh, here we go. Oh, boom, shakalaka. Bunny Ranch, how can I help you? Yeah, hi, this is uh, Jeff Moss and Justin Spiro, the Detroit Sports Rag, uh, on the air. I was wondering if we could talk to you for a second on the air, real quick. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you speak up, please? Yeah, hi, this is uh, Jeff Moss from the Detroit Sports Rag. We're on our uh, radio program right now. I was wondering if we could talk to you on the air for about maybe a minute. Um, let me go ahead and transfer over to the cashier, okay? Okay, thank you. The who? Man, the there's, the there's like a lot of portals to go through. Yeah. Well, <laughs> three that I can think of. Oh, God. What? This is a this is a family show. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, it's not my fault that Jessica's taking it right down to the gutter talking about portals. <laughs> Danielle, how can I help you? Yeah, hi, this is Jeff Moss from the Detroit Sports Rag Radio Program. We're on the air right now. Can we talk to you for one second on the air? Regarding? Uh, we're trying to uh, run a uh, Kickstarter or GoFundMe program. There's a friend of ours in the Detroit sports media who's like 44 years old, and he's uh, we think he's a virgin. Uh-huh. And, and we're just looking to see we're, – we're going to run a Kickstarter to raise money for uh, – to, to uh, maybe send him out there. And I know you can't quote prices, but just – I was wondering, ballpark, you know, we're not looking for the Lamar Odom package, but just like something gen- in general – like two thousand three, how much we would have to raise? Just kind of ballpark. And what was your name, sweetie? Jeff. And what radio show are you with? Uh, Detroit Sports Rag. Yeah, Hang we're on just a second, honey. Okay. Did we get hung up on? Um, I think so, but it hasn't hung up yet, so oh. we might have just got put on hold. This is more dead air than TP I, show. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you should dead have like, told her, by the way, this isn't a prank. We're not just calling it's a prank. It's not a prank. prank. So, of, Hello? Hello? Your message will be transcribed by phonetag.com. Please speak clearly. All right, we're done with this. I, we know. tried. I think she called you honey. I thought she liked you. <laughs> I know, and sweetie. <laughs> yeah, I thought sweetie. you guys had a real connection going oh, on there. Oh, well. Yeah. How many, I, I guess we're just, well, you know what? I, I, I clicked, there was a story on Gawker. Okay. Saying how much, let's see, the menu of services, high stakes offer. I'm thinking if we, oh, I mean, 4,300 hours it's looking like. So I guess maybe the goal, 4,300 plus, you say, you're saying we need two seats on the airplane? Yeah, well, maybe, maybe three. <laughs> three? Jesus well, definitely Christ. not one. I mean, yeah. I'm cramped the right, nose, so, and he always. So you're thinking bite. maybe 5,200 is the goal. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so in the next few days, we'll run this at Jessica's at uh, her suggestion. We'll do it on GoFundMe. 5,200 dollars. Because look, if we get this guy laid, maybe he's a different person. Maybe he comes out spitting saber metrics, and you know he's calling for Ken Holland's head, and it could change the world. His interviews to be like you know, the greatest thing we've yeah, ever right. done. And like the lives. interviews with Jim Caldwell, the weekly interviews are like he gets Caldwell on, he comes on and says, "Hey Jim, what was with that punt on fourth and one there from your own you know forty eight yard line?" It could be a game changer. I, I, listen, we owe it. Don't you think we owe it to the city of Detroit? Yeah, to do everything in our power, into our power. So yeah. this is kind of like a hail mary once again. So check out the website. Um, we are going to try to raise money to send. 
Scott the Gator Anderson. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call him. I'm going to treat him with a little respect. I never call him Gator. Right? That's kind of my policy. But for this for this moment only, Scott the Gator Anderson. We will try to send him to the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, owned by Dennis Hoff, rural famous place. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep him off the synthetic marijuana. Then, or, and, or no, excuse me, the synthetic Viagra that uh, Lamar was on. We'll, we'll give him a little parameters. We don't want him to go batshit crazy when he gets there. Yeah, we don't want him to test out that heart too much. You know, you know, you know what would be great? Do you ever? You, you've, I mean, I know you've, I know you've seen this. <laughs> this, this, this would be awesome. But you've seen the movie, which was Andy Kaufman's life story, Man on the Moon. Yep. You remember the scene at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch? Yes. When he walked in, and Bob Zamuda, his uh. His his manager was going to get him laid. He's a little right. shy. He goes, this guy's a little shy. He's here every weekend. Can you imagine if we send we spend five grand of the DSR uh, contributors' money? We send him out to the bunny ranch, and maybe we let's just say we go. One of us goes with him. Gator, Gator's here. Every week. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? You're paying for this? The guy's here every other weekend. That would be the greatest upset in the history of Detroit. Oh my god! I don't know where Jessica went because we got to take one more break. I want to try. We only got like ten minutes, but I think we should play uh, the clip that we discussed earlier. Maybe we can get that up there. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You want me to play that now or after you play the break? break? Oh, we didn't play. Oh yeah, we didn't play that. Let's yeah. play. Yeah, let's go into the break. We're going to play an, another reason why uh, we feel that we need to release some steam from uh, Scott Anderson, and we're going to send him to the Bunny Ranch. This is this absolute imbecile last week, uh, last Friday, discussing that the Red Wings should try to make an offer for Connor McDavid. Did you hear this, Spiro? Yeah, it was, I think that makes sense. I mean, he's yeah. he's going to be easily available. And, right? when, and when they're done, and, and when, the, when the Red Wings are done acquiring Connor McDavid, I'm thinking the Tigers should go out and trade for Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. Why not? And, you know, the Pistons, I don't know. Why wouldn't they go after, you know, I don't know, Anthony Davis or um, Steph Curry? I, I know he's a little banged up right now, but listen, Sky Anderson thinks we can go get uh, the best young player in the NHL. So, you know, probably I'm guessing he's saying that we trade Nyquist and – and uh, Jamie McCowan, is he still on the team? I, I don't know. All right, Jamie we're going to play this audio. It's about a minute and 40 seconds, and then we'll play a song, and we're going to come back uh, with the last segment real quick. Uh, we're going to try to get some more audio for you because you haven't had enough entertainment tonight. Okay. But I would make every effort possible sending a, a package of players, draft picks, and cash to try to get Connor McDavid. I know it's impossible. No if Pittsburgh, they wouldn't trade Sidney Crosby. I understand that. But Edmonton has been so bad for so long to keep getting these top draft picks, and they haven't done anything with them. Well, the only reason. If you were to offer them a package that would include like several players along with several draft picks and money, money talks to Edmonton. You know, the, nobody thought Wayne Gretzky was going to get traded. No. Money talks. And I, I, I'd at least have a conversation about it. And if that means you have to give up Dylan Larkin, you know Gus Nyquist, Marchenko, and a couple draft picks, six first round draft, well, picks. you know a couple first round picks and cash, yeah, because that's a once in a lifetime player. And you know people bring up the the fact that the arena is going to be ready to go for 2017, and that they're going to want to have a good product going into it, or at least an attraction. That's an attraction. 
And if not McDavid, a player of that ilk, someone who's a, who was um, a top pick, who's performing well in the NHL now, try to find a way to get somebody like that. I guess the only reason I won't say this isn't this isn't real, totally real. Uh, it, uh, the only reason I won't say this is completely unrealistic, in my opinion, Gator, is because of what you said about about Gretzky uh, and the, you know it's kind of a weird organization in that regard, and that Gretzky got traded from there. But I can't, I just can't see it happening.
Right, we're back. What a, what a podcast this has been. And we've got one last gift for you. Uh, Jeff Moss, Justin Spiro, produced as always by Jessica. So our friend of the program, he's been in the studio before, uh, Taylor Phillips, who has his own show on Spreaker and Blog Talk and some other outlets. Uh, am I not? Oh. Yep. Put the screen back in front of you I'm so sorry. that way it's I'm not sorry. like... I, my apologies. It's been <laughs> a long, it's been a long show. So anyway, he uh, Taylor's you know has a podcast pretty much every night, and the other evening there was just rampant shenanigans. Uh, I don't know if Richard and Sale from the Howard and Stern show got a hold of his podcast or what, but one caller called in with porn, and then we're going to play another this this phone call uh, from a guest on the sports truth with, with Taylor Phillips. Completely disrespectful. The only reason we're playing this is it's the – wouldn't you agree, Spiro, that's the greatest segue in the history of sports talk or any talk oh, radio by ever? By a mile. By, by a mile. Yeah. Just listen. This is the professional announcer performer that Taylor Phillips is. He does not get sidetracked. He he just goes on with the show. You can't rattle him. You cannot rattle this guy. And this is just incredible audio. Uh, and then we'll come back and say our goodbyes, but uh, just just listen to this brilliance. Any any comment? Any comments on that audio, uh, Justin? Before we leave, I, just Taylor's poise under pressure there is incredible. I, but I, I got to say, like, who is this jackass calling in this show? I, I've been listening to a couple, probably three of the last five TP broadcasts leading up to that, and two of them have been like entirely sabotaged. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable that you have a guy that's like trying to make it. And is doing everything in his power to, you know, take the steps necessary to further his career. And you have these clowns calling in as Hitler. I, I, I'll admit, I laughed like I thought it was kind of funny, but it's kind of a dick move, you know. To be honest, I mean, I, but what's what's the real takeaway from that is how incredibly poised Taylor was. I mean, he just yeah. went right into a tiger segue. All right, well, that's the show. Uh, appreciate Dimitri Athanasiu calling in. Appreciate the assistance from the uh, lady at the. Uh, Moonlight Bunny Ranch. We'll be back next Tuesday. I don't know how we're going to top this show, but we will try. Uh, thanks for listening. For Justin Spiro and Jessica, I am Jeff Moss. Uh, real quick before we go, for some reason, that audio didn't seem to go out over the stream. It was registering in the board. Yeah. So um, it will be on SoundCloud. It should have registered there. So when we do the archive, it'll be on. Right. All right. Adam, I'm not sure why it should have worked, but it didn't. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Theo. Thanks for everyone. Yeah, thanks, Theo, once again. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Yo, fucking spite. This is a previously recorded episode.